But hey, Jessica, amazing to have you with us. How are you today? I am all the better for being here. Excited to awesome. talk to you. No, it's fantastic to catch up again. Um, I think we've known each other for, well, originally through Twitter. Was it pre-COVID? Or was it during COVID? It, it was during track. COVID. I yeah, feel like we, um, we called for the first time about a year ago, but we were probably mutuals before then. Nice, nice. So, yeah, it's really good to catch up again. So, where and whereabouts are you at the moment? Because you're, you're over in the States at the moment? I'm in Austin, you? Texas. Awesome. And tell so tell us a bit about yourself and what are you doing in Austin, Texas? Yeah, so you can probably tell by the accent. I'm Irish from Ireland. Um, very proud of that. And I kind of lived a bit of here, there and everywhere throughout my life, although I was always based in Ireland until I studied. And I studied abroad in a couple of different countries doing biochemistry as my undergrad and then business masters of various descriptions. Um, and I guess the last couple of years, I kind of got into tech because I wanted to be a founder and tried a couple of my own projects. Some of them worked, some of them didn't, most of them didn't. And it's funny because the ones that didn't are coming full circle now when they're working. Um, but about a year ago, um, I was very active on Twitter and just meeting and connecting with folks in the tech community like yourself. And um, I was kind of going through some personal stuff and having a bit of a hard time with my mental health. And I knew I needed a change. You know, the pandemic for everyone was tough and I was locked down in Ireland for the best part of two years. And I, a guy hit me up in my DMs <laughs> um, about my startup that I had been working on and the website um link was still in my bio but he was trying to click on it and i had no money i hadn't paid to renew the domain <laughs> so he couldn't find any information and so dm'd me saying hey listen i don't want to call you out publicly but what's going on here your link is down i want to learn more and fast forward a year later he convinced me to move to austin <laughs> um and we're together and I guess I just decided to go all in and take the plunge in my personal life. And as a result, that's affected my professional life. And um, since arriving in Austin, I've done a couple of things, but I really wanted to to meet people and build a community quickly. Um, so I joined a VC firm here in town and I was there for a couple of months until February. And then I've been doing my own thing since. Nice. So, so uh, it's kind of a big journey, right? From, from so from the UK over to the US, and your pers personal and professional life kind of mingled, um, which is quite powerful. Right? I mean, a lot of us, when we call our professional stuff, is is part of our personal life as well, isn't it? Um, I suppose talking about personal life, you can probably hear background noise, and that is that's the kids, that's the family. No, no, kind of soundproof studio um going on over here but that that is that is life isn't it so um tell me a bit about the journey or the the experience you had at the the vc kind of firm and the, the ups and downs of that and and what, what what was good what was what was the struggle yeah so capital factory 
is an incredible place for anyone that knows it. Um, the tagline is the center of gravity for entrepreneurship in Texas. So it's a firm that's very Texas focused. Um, however, the reach is very far and wide. For example, Richard Branson was there as a guest recently and um, it reaches a lot further, but they focus on investing and incubating Texas-based companies. Um, I like to think of it as ground zero. The, the premise is that Capital Factory will help you find your first customers or clients. They'll help you find your first employees and they'll help you find your first investors. Um, and they do that by having locations, physical locations on the ground, like co-working spaces that bring all of these people together to help make those introductions. And they also do a lot of investing themselves. Um, I joined as chief of staff, which I thought was a great move for me because I have all of these varied experiences. And honestly, I didn't really have a background in the finance or the investing side. So I felt like that was a good way to use the skills that I did have to get in the door and to learn, um, which I did. And I think the best thing about Capital Factory for me was the team. Um, I learned so much and worked real hard. Um, but the issue for me was that I worked a little bit too hard mm. because in that world, it's all go. There's always more. There's always another company. There's always another fire to put out. There's always some issue that someone has somewhere. Um, you're managing a lot of people and you're managing a lot of ideas and you're managing a lot of money. Um, and as chief of staff, I worked directly with the CEO all day, every day. And it was expected that you were on call at my time, on the weekend, whatever. So for me, I knew what I was signing up for and I knew that was great. However, having just moved to the other side of the world, new life, new country, new job, new relationship, new supermarkets, you know, everything. Um, that just caught up with me after the first couple of weeks and months where I realized, okay, Jess, you don't have a life outside of your job. And even though your job is great, it's a lot and you're starting to get stressed out and anxious and you're not really dealing with that very well. Yeah, it sounds tough. And it sounds like more, more than a job, right? Um, kind of an extension of your life or take overtaking your life. So you didn't have a life left, which um, is a not, not a good place to be. But it sounds like you, you kind of picked up on that quite quickly, right? Um, and, and that had, had past experiences kind of attuned you to, to that? You, you kind of aware and, and knew you kind of needed to do something about it? And then what, what, how, did you, how did you deal with that or, or not? Um, you, well, you being be as very honest, or as open as you as as you wish. <laughs> well, being very honest, I didn't deal with it very well. But like you said, I had been there before, so past experiences definitely helped in the sense of I recognized the signs and I knew something wasn't right. Um, for me, when the going gets tough, I time kind of tend to become insular. Normally, I'm really bubbly and chatty, and when I get stressed out and anxious, I kind of just stop talking. Um, and I feel like I don't really have a lot to share. Um, so I kind of become a much more passive or a silent observer, I would say. And I recognize that starting to happen in myself. So at the beginning of the job, I was super bubbly, proactive, great at it. And then by the time I left, I was not really myself. Um, 
Exactly. And I knew that that had to change. And also the people around me knew that had to change. Um, so my own personal experience is a little bit different in the sense of I'm not someone who had traditionally experienced anxiety or depression as a child or a teenager. Um, but unfortunately, and a bit of a trigger warning for anyone who has been through something like this, I experienced a sexual assault about four or five years ago now whilst I was in university. And I kind of deal with that and I still have ways and means that I'm learning to cope with how that affects my life and has affected my life. Um, but unfortunately, the last number of years, the way in which it, which it has affected me is bouts of severe and severe anxiety and depression brought on by kind of PTSD like symptoms. And I guess for me, the way that I've learned about it myself and I've gotten to know myself and how it affects me better is through writing. Um, my writing is very personal and over the last couple of years I've gotten a bit brave and decided to share some of that online because there's so many other people like me. Um, so I share all of that through my website, schmafia.com, which is a bit of a, a pen name, but my name is still there. And last summer I wrote an ebook just about my experience and about my journey. And I think we connected over that because you read it and Yes, it's a very personal story about my experience, but it's also about the journey and about what it's like to go through something really difficult or traumatic, not necessarily sexual assault, but also burnout, also the loss of a loved one, just other things. Um, so once I recognized those signs and I got to a breaking point for better or for worse, I was like, okay, this has to change. Um, so I stepped away from my role and I, I left the VC firm. Yeah, well, it sounds like that that was the right call to make, right? Um, that the healthy decision. I did. I, I did it feel like did it? I mean, I imagine was it hard to do so, or was it just a no brainer? It was kind of felt like you just had to do it. So there wasn't really any thought to it. You just you just knew that was what you needed to do. It was both. It was terrifying <laughs> um, because I wasn't myself, so I didn't feel like I was in a good place to be making those kind of big decisions, but. I knew it wasn't working. My team knew it wasn't working. So the weekend at the end of January of this year, we sat down together and we had just a serious conversation saying, hey, Jess, are you okay? Because you're not yourself. And we care about you as a person, but you also have like a role to perform here. And we talked about in detail what it would look like for me to continue and stay on. Um, but they also gave me the opportunity to leave um, and really cared about me as a person and made the decision really feel like mine. So I went away for the weekend, thought really long and hard about it, lots of tears, lots of conversations with loved ones saying, why can't I make this work? Like, why, why am I in this position again? And I resolved that no I was going to turn things around I was going to get help for my mental health and I was going to you know work towards being that best version of myself again so I could show up in my job in that way and then I walked back in on Monday morning sat down with the same team and told them I was all in I was ready to go and by midday I had left I just knew in my heart and soul that it wasn't no. I, I didn't have it in me um 
I, I needed to get help and working 60 to 80 hours a week at minimum was not going to be the way for me to to get back to being myself yeah no that understand but it was hard because it's like that's my job that's my life that's my income um it wasn't an easy decision to take and then throw immigration into that mix as well mm. um and like i said I, my life was my job i didn't have close friends or family here as a support system so i really had to take time and be patient with myself to kind of go through the healing process all over again yeah all right well appreciate you opening up about all that i think it's important to talk about it right and with through your, your writing um i've written as well in in the past i think that's, that's something we we've connected over um a mix of personal journaling can be quite therapeutic but also just writing for for the point of creativity creative expression right i think a lot of us need creative outlets when we're maybe not doing um stuff that's so creative quite draining in our professional life um but i think from your point of view i mean the fact that you you accelerated through that decision quite quickly by the sound of it which sounds like the healthiest thing to do i know from from my past um like in my 20s the second half of my 20s was was almost like was just a slow decline <laughs> uh, that kind of led to led to just waiting for the triggers that would push me over the edge. And it was kind of long and messy, um, partly because I, I think I didn't have. Um, but I'm not I'm not gonna give my age away, but you know, the, the, the less kind of interconnectedness online and less I didn't really have a mentor or anything like that to do it. I was running my business, but I didn't really know what I was doing. And kind of co-founded with some people and it just wasn't a wasn't the best kind of partnership and then yeah it took some other than personal um issues in life to then kind of push me over the edge but in the long run um i'm in such a much better place you know sort of mid-30s now and, and kind of independent and teaching and doing startup stuff and being able to have, do awesome podcasts and video inter interviews like this you know not not kind of stuck to a, yeah. a nine to five but but that that pain the pain and the scars physical or, or, or emotional that they, they don't necessarily go away right but they can well they definitely they um teach us a lot about ourselves and help us sort of know ourselves going forward they stay with you and they shape you and i think it's through trial and error especially the things that don't work that you learn more about yourself like you said so that when the right things or opportunities do come along well then you're much more prepared and you know yourself much better to be able to apply yourself whilst at least in my case knowing your limitations yeah nice so i mean on related topics um there are a couple of things i wanted to raise so what you you just told me recently um are you starting a new podcast? And sort of. What sort is it about? Of. Um, so this is fun. I I did my first podcast as a project during the pandemic, and it was very much similar to this. My my own excuse to have great conversations with people that I, I love and find interesting. So that was called Breathe. No one has a clue. And it was just at a stage where I was like, I just don't know what the hell is going on. Let me figure out what other people have done in their lives. So I did some kind of long form interviews with interesting people. 
And in the past couple of weeks, a friend of mine and I have been like hanging out and talking a lot more and we have very interesting conversations. She's in tech, she works in new products at Meta, um, big into Web3. And we kind of talk about ideas all the time. Ideas, tips, tricks, leadership, all that kind of thing. And um, we we're talking about it, we we're talking about our favorite podcasts. And we realized that we listen to a lot of podcasts, whether they're tech or business or entrepreneurship. And there aren't a whole lot of women in the space by way of hosts. Um, like if you look at the top 100 business podcasts or the top 100 entrepreneurial podcasts, there's about five women in there and they're in something very niche. And a podcast that we both like is My First Million, uh, Sam Parr and Sean Fury. Or another example is the All In Pod with a panel of the four guys or Call Her Daddy, which is a completely different vertical, but that does have women involved. And it's hugely successful because people want to listen to that kind of thing. Um, and we kind of realized, heck, like, why don't we just do it? Because there's a massive gap in the market. And the more we think about it, the more we're like, yeah, this is just a no brainer because it means we get to hang out, do what we get to do every week anyway. And other people can listen and other people can join the conversation, which was the part that was really key for us. And Elle, my co-founder, co-host, um, like I mentioned, is big into Web3. And we had the idea of how can we make this podcast a little bit different and kind of stand out from the crowd? And given her affinity for Web3 and DAOs, we were like, why don't we structure this as a community? Because neither of us is interested in going all in. We've got other projects going on, so we don't have full time to work on it. However, we know lots of people who want to be producers, who want to be co-hosts, who want to make clips for social media, etc. Um and in the past two weeks, the project has literally gone from zero to standing itself up. Um, we've got a whole team assembled and people want to join every day. And we somewhat wittily, I have to say, have decided to call it the board, which can mean whatever you want it to mean. Um, it started out as like a whiteboard for ideas and working out problems together. And we realized that our demographic is actually people who aspire or are curious about leadership, whether that's being the board of an established company or the board of your own startup. Um, and that's what we're going for. So the podcast is in the works. First episodes are being recorded. We're gonna launch via in-person events just to kind of build that community feel, but the website is up and live and we're asking people to join us. So there's an application form on the website, which is more just data capture if you want to be involved tell us how you want to be involved and we'll figure out a way that sounds really interesting and particularly the the community part um i'm gonna i'm gonna resist asking about like the technical details and, and how um you know you, well, it will become a community driven podcast it fascinates me well you know that. we'll start a we'll do a twitter spaces in the next week or two oh, and nice. i'll invite you I will look out for those. I look forward to that. Fantastic. Cool. Um, so I think final, final point to, to, to talk about. So your, your journey has been a lot like a, a, a long one, despite still being incredibly youthful. 
says the <laughs> mid, the guy in his mid thirties. Um, Ancient. But, <laughs> but um, what's your t tell us? Uh, so you, you're still in the states. You kind of step back, um, and so tell us. I I think you might have some quite recent news. Like good news. Yeah. That we can end on a positive. great news. Well, what's fun is I think all of the old like cliches and adage. How do you pronounce that word? Adage, adage. I can't remember, but all I of those adage, old phrases. But adage. Yeah. Nice. Adage. That's the, <laughs> that's the French in me coming out. Adage. Um, and the one that feels pertinent this week is things have to fall apart to come together because just this week, um, I got my dream job offer and Amazing. you know what? It's so funny. I didn't do a single interview in a formal sense. I didn't go through rounds and rounds of applications. Heck, I didn't even know the company existed a week ago, but by putting myself out there and by having genuine conversations about myself and my journey and what I'm interested in doing and where I want to be and where I want to go. I've met these incredible founders and partners who have started this company called Midas, um, MidasBrands.co, where they incubate brands from inception through to real life existence in the world. Um, and I've just joined their team. So I'm really excited to, to see how that develops and grows. And I plan on kind of documenting some of the journey online. I haven't decided in what form, but I have uh, a lot of people pointing me in the TikTok direction for kind of mm. behind the scenes <laughs> type content. Yeah, nice. Uh, things can explode very easily on TikTok. It's uh, so like could be a good platform. For sure. Uh, particularly when it comes to brands. Yeah. So I may or may not be following you on TikTok. I have a love-hate relationship with TikTok. I kind of download it and then I delete it and then I download it. But anyway, we'll save Same. that for a separate podcast. Um, well, congrats on the on that news. That's that really good news. I, another good example of, yeah, like you said, putting yourself out there. Something I try and encourage students to do um, is to just start conversations and and create those opportunities for yourself and just just as you you've demonstrated I, and i know so much good good stuff can happen from from random conversations right um and it's it really just does and i would that. encourage that i would encourage that to anyone listening is just reach out just mm -hmm. ask the question you have no idea what might happen there's no such thing as a dumb ask mm -hmm. um my dms are always open if anyone is is curious and i know yours are too they are indeed. Yeah. Cool. Well, that, that, that was a really kind of encouraging chat. So th thanks for making the time to, to have a chat, Jessica. Bearing your soul. To yeah, extent, I'm delighted to uh, share. Which is important. I think there's <laughs> been a, a lot of recent chat on Twitter about, oh, I put out on Twitter recently about, um, yeah, about toying with the idea of being more transparent about mental health issues. Um, so I think this will be a particularly good episode to, to share. Many will find it valuable, I'm sure. So many thanks again. Well, uh, I feel like we all have them and we all have a story to share, whether it's hmm. personal or someone in our family or that we care about. So thanks for making the space for it. Yeah, it was great. great to chat with you. No problem. Well, and we'll speak again. Talk soon.